0: Hey, well, welcome to the uh, December version of the Rain, Bennett, and Moore Workers' Compensation Watch uh, Zoomcast. Uh, got a full house here today with Roger, Rod, and Todd. Todd has a new camera. Uh, from last from last week, it looked like, last month, it looked like he was on, um, I don't know what it looked like. It was like one of those shots where they have like Vaseline over the camera or something. So, but now we're back. Uh, so we're going to talk today about benefits and workers' compensation in Nebraska. And we're just gonna go chronologically through the types of benefits that you might expect to see in a case and um, starting with uh, medical benefits. So Todd, why don't you talk a little bit about the medical benefits and workers' compensation?
1: Well, it's just kind of the, the, the basic premise is whatever's related, necessary, and reasonable uh, is gonna get awarded in uh, order assuming you follow obviously all the guidelines of your treating physician and what's re- related necessary and reasonable if there's ever a dispute it gets decided by the court and and benefits under the those provisions are paid 100% there's no deductibles there's no copays uh there's no percentages that you're responsible for it's paid uh, if it's ordered
0: so yeah um Roger, Rod, anything to add about what Todd said about medical? Well,
2: most of the time, uh, the medical gets paid without having to go to court uh, by providing medical records uh, to the insurance company for them to, or the employer, to decide if, if it is reasonable and necessary. And so they're... Uh, the, the going to court over medical records happens, but it's it's not a frequent event. I don't, in, in my experience. All right, Roger. Yeah, and the other thing I, I think we talked
3: about this in a prior webcast is that it's it's very important for you to elect to see your doctor to treat you for a work injury. And a lot of people, it's surprising to me, um, just let the employer select the doctor for them, even though they have their own physician family physician, and that's about, that's among one of the worst things you can do is let the employer select an occupational med doctor that they've, that's been marketing to them for years, uh, rather than have their family doctor direct the medical treatment. As long as you do the right thing and select your family doctor, they're in control of your medical care, which is something we'd always recommend. Sure.
1: And that's Um, why it's important. Well, in line with that, that's why it's important, though. Uh, to get to that doc because if he's recommending for example an MRI and in in, in it's not getting approved uh, as long as he testifies or puts in writing that it's reasonable necessary related generally that's going to get ordered and, and uh, you're going to find treatment done just like physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy whatever your doctor's recommending it's just got to be reasonable necessary related to your injury and
3: one other thing too i want to jump in with uh don't wait to have the employer send you someplace Uh, if a few days go by a week go by and they haven't set you up with anybody then just go just go on your own to the doctor to to get that documented Um, if you wait two three four weeks it's not gonna look good that you took that long to go see the doctor and the judges just don't generally buy that
2: employers don't send people to doctors, even though we know that happens a lot. And also, you need to be aware that if you have health insurance and there's a delay uh, in getting medical approved through your workers' comp, you, it, it, you can sometimes uh, and frequently get your care uh, through your health insurance and then the health insurance would get repaid through the workers' compensation system. There's something else I wanted to t- bring up. Uh, the workers' comp court h- in Nebraska has a, 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 a schedule or a uh, uh, process for evaluating what, what is a reasonable amount to pay for medical care. So sometimes they don't pay the 100 cents on the dollar, you know, the price, let's say an MRI bill is for $2,000 and their schedule of payments is only $1,400 the vendor can't legally pursue you for the difference, but and sometimes they do. And so, if, if that happens, you need to have talked to a lawyer to help you out because y- you don't have to pay over and above what workers' comp pays. If the health, so, person, so if it somebody, connected? oh, good. So, somebody pays, but somebody, but if somebody pays
0: on their health insurance either through their deductible or their co pay or their co insurance. And comp later picks that up. Do, 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 how do people get their money back, or do they get their money back?
2: Well, you know, why don't you tell
0: us? Oh, come on! Yeah, you get the <laughs> money back. I mean, if you pay in, then if you pay in, like under private under private insurance, and it, it's deemed to be workers' comp, as a worker, you get that back. I mean, I'm dealing with a settlement right now, where it's about three thousand dollars is going back to the is going back to the injured worker and uh and sometimes too if you get health insurance paid um if you get your health insurance paid back you the lawyer or you you can get some of that money back from the from the health insurance in in some regards if you get that if you get that paid back so um there's lots of medical dubs otherwise the other thing i want to touch on is mileage for people in nebraska particularly if people outside of major cities have to travel to go to the doctor you're supposed to get your mileage paid for that that's another benefit and that can add up i think it's the, the rate now is 57 and a half cents a mile which you know 50 travel 50 miles you're looking at you know almost almost 120 dollars or well now not that much but you know about about 57 58 dollars per round trip and that mileage is a is a good benefit too so Anything else anybody wants to talk about with
2: medical benefits?
1: Well, I think in this day and age, we've had, all had several clients who just don't have the opportunity to have a proper vehicle to drive to a surgeon, you know, 50, 100 miles away. If for some reason, even due to your injury, you can't get to the doctor, you can't drive, uh, then the carrier can be responsible for providing transportation to and from your medical appointments. And that's something that gets overlooked because people just don't think they're entitled to it. And you and you got to request it if the injury warrants it. You just need a little statement from your doctor to say, yeah, you can't drive at this time. Uh, even if you have a, a vehicle that's not uh, working, you can get transportation to get to your doctor.
0: All right. So let's assume that you get to the doctor, you get medical care, it's picked up by workers' comp, and a doctor takes person off work. Um, then they're paid temporary benefits, uh, lost income benefits. Uh, somebody like to talk about how temporary disability benefits are supposed to be paid. And we're gonna talk maybe more about average weekly wage in another episode, but just kind of a general rundown of how if you're off work because of a work injury, how temporary disability benefits get paid.
3: I'll take that, I guess, it's um, yeah. two, two things. One, if, if the doctor takes you off completely or the doctor puts you on restrictions that the company is unable to accommodate your returning to work at, they owe you two thirds of your regular rate of pay, uh, tax free, no taxes taken out. Uh, I I just had a lady uh, yesterday that we determined that they had improperly paid her to the tune of $100 a week and they owed her, we figured out that they calculated that wrong and they owed her $7,500. Um, and wages for not having paid her properly. So, um, you know, if you have any question about whether they're paying you the correct amount or not, give us a call. We'll be happy to kind of run through the general specifics of it. And then the second aspect of that is if your hours are restricted or they have to reduce your pay because of the job that you are doing when you go back to work, you get two thirds of what you're missing from what you were earning before the injury and what you're earning right now
0: as well. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. And that's, in my experience, that's difficult to administer because people's you're getting paid from two different sources. You get paid off of your company, which could be biweekly, weekly, weekly, whatever. And then you're getting paid for workers comp insurance. And there's lots of complications with that. That's something where, I think anybody should talk to a lawyer about that, because temporary part, what's called temporary partial disability, in my mind, is kind of an administrative nightmare for people. Yeah. So, oh, well, it is.
1: But the, but the ironic part is the injured worker's in control of their their pay stubs, and and once you know what the average you and we'll talk about the average neck in in the next scenario, but once you know what your your average wage is. All it takes is a pay stub that you you receive each week or, or bi-weekly, and you do the math. So, for example, if you know your average is 900 and you're only on light duty making 600, you're entitled to two-thirds of the difference of 300, and you get that tax-free check from the from the workers' comp carrier, and it's just a notice issue. You provide your pay stub to that adjuster or, uh, you know, if it's a litigated case where they're not accepting your injury, the attorney we represent uh, all those individuals that you turn in the pay stub to show what the difference in pay is, and, and you can pr- present that payment to the carrier.
0: Sure. I think sometimes it also, something that also comes up with, uh, in temporary disabilities of termination. Somebody gets fired, and then the employer will say something, well, we could have accommodated you, except for you got fired, and that uh, that raises a couple different cases. One that could be a wrongful termination case, which is a little bit outside, which is outside the scope of this Zoomcast for now. Maybe we'll talk about it in the future. We've got some stuff online, but even if let's say you do get fired, that doesn't that, that doesn't necessarily disqualify you from getting temporary disability awarded by if you, if you go to court. So um, that's that's something else. It's a semi-common scenario. And some employers will still let people go and still pay temporary, but there's still some some arguments there. Are there still some, oftentimes there's disputes there. Um, so anyway, anything else that anybody else to add about temporary disability?
1: Well, I think that's a good uh, comment you bring up on the termination, because most often than not, that's when we have a, a really big issue, whether the carrier's not paying because of a termination. And, and you know, a case, we won in the Supreme Court almost 20 years ago now, uh, where they were on light duty, got terminated, and the employer knew it. And uh, that court said, look, you knew that you terminated them while they're on light duty, and you're going to have to pay it. Now, obviously, there's some facts specific to it, but generally speaking, if you're terminated, that doesn't cut off your right 100%. Uh, all the facts go into it, and you got to present that to the court. Uh, and as long as you have a reasonable exp- uh a reasonableness to, to why you were terminated, whether it's indirect to your injury or not, you're often not. You're going to get a temporary partial percentage or or the whole temporary total percentage.
0: Roger, wasn't that your case, Quico versus
3: Excel? Yeah, that was that was uh, that was 20 years, almost almost 30, 21 years ago. Now that uh, uh, that he'd been terminated, and they they basically found that uh, it was a it was a sham. They they terminated him for reasons relating to his work injury to get rid of him, and they did award benefits uh, following that. And kind of a, one of related issue, I'm, I'm surprised about how many workers uh, that get frustrated with the kind of crap that they might experience at work after a work injury, and just up and quit just to leave. Um, that's, that's a, again, one of the worst things that you can do while you're going through a work injury, is you give the employer all the um, all the basis to say whether they could have accommodated you or not. And it's very difficult to prove the negative that they would not have been able to accommodate a return to work when you've, when you quit. That's a real easy out for the employer and you should never quit in my opinion until you're all the way through your work injury and have permanent restrictions and, and they can figure out if they can accommodate you on a permanent basis or not.
0: Yeah. And, and maybe in the transition to, uh, temporary to permanent disability there's this there's this magic is another other acronym mmi maximum medical improvement what why is maximum medical improvement
2: important in a workers compensation case well that's the end of eligibility usually for temporary disability the maximum medical improvement basically says this is as good as you're going to be and and uh you no longer are, are entitled to temporary disability. You go into the next category of benefits, which I assume is the next thing we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so if it's a, a body part that is like your shoulder has got a value under Nebraska law of 225 weeks of your workers' comp rate, uh, and, uh, if the doctors say you have 10% disability to your shoulder, they have to pay you 10% of 22 point of, of 225 weeks after you're at maximum improvement. And there are other benefits too, that, that, that you may be entitled to just beyond that percentage. It's right. a little bit complicated.
0: It is, it is. Um... But one thing I think is important about MMI or is oftentimes what I see, and Roger's written about this, I've written about this, is that some doctor says, yes, you are at maximum medical improvement. And then at that point, temporary disability benefits will stop. And then you'll wait weeks or even months to get permanent disability. And I think there's a lot of that. I don't know that the Nebraska Supreme Court's ever really ruled on that, on, the, on that gap issue, whether it's the time it takes to get an impairment rating or whether it's the, time, the longer time that it takes to get to determine um, disability with a spinal injury or some other types of injury. So um, any other thoughts, maybe Roger, about the, about the gap issue? between temp- the, 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 the time where people don't get any benefits oftentimes, either temporary nor permanent. Yeah, it, it, that definitely is a, is a bad gap in, in Nebraska that,
3: that Iowa kind of does a little better job with this where they have to give, in Iowa, they have to give the, the worker 30 days notice that they're going to stop paying them. So at least they can try and make some accommodations for what they're going to do after that point. Nebraska, they could just cut it off at any point and they don't even have to tell the employer, they don't have to tell the, the worker, they don't have to tell their attorney that they're gonna cut it off. So the, the only way we find that out is when the checks stop coming in and we make the call to find out, figure out what's going on. Um, so I, I definitely would like to see something that the legislator does to, to, to fix that. But every time we try and do something good for the worker, the insurance companies are up there trying to cut benefits and, and fight us all the way, so. Um, it's, It's a bad situation, particularly where you have an employer that can't accommodate you. You know, you might have a couple of months of wait in there before the doctor does the final report with no money coming in, which is a really bad situation for the worker and the family.
0: Yeah, and unemployment sometimes isn't even really an option either because people are still technically employed or during the COVID crisis, unemployment claims are now taking like six months to process which yeah. is, is just absolutely insane at this point, six or seven. I, that's not a criticism of the Department of Labor in Nebraska. I think they're doing a great job, but there's just so many claims going on right now that unemployment's not really an option. That's a little bit off of workers' comp. So uh, Rod, you talked about um, a shoulder injury being paid on a percentage, but there's different ways that the permanent disability benefits are paid in different ways in Nebraska, depending on where you get hurt, right? Or where, which body part gets hurt?
2: Correct. There's essentially two kinds of permanent disability. One is one of these body part uh, disabilities. And then the other is for loss of earning ability. Uh, And the more more common loss of earning ability cases are spinal cord injuries like herniated discs, ruptured discs, bulging discs, you know, uh, and and ultimately you get paid for how that reduces your uh, ability to earn a living and I don't think that's really what we want to get into is the ins and outs of of what that means but I mean they're paid in a different way they're paid out over a a 300 week period in smaller amounts of money unless you're totally and permanently disabled and then you can get paid workers compensation for your whole lifetime Um, all right I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but that's yeah, correct. View of how the disability payments uh, are derived. And then we haven't mentioned this before, but there's a maximum workers' comp benefit. Uh, uh, it's like around $900 a month this year, or week this year. but it, uh, And that's the cap. It, it, even if your two-thirds amounts to like uh, $12,000 uh, a month, you can't get paid the 1000 You can only get paid up to whatever the maximum is. And it changes every year.
0: Yeah. Well. It. It. Yeah. It, most of the time, it changes every year. But yeah, I think the max rate now is about 65000 dollars. If you make much more if you make more than sixty-seven, the more you make more over sixty-seven, the the, the more you're going to be underpaid uh, on a permanent disability basis. Um, anybody want to talk about the? trying to get into the the uh, the the two member. Uh, permanent disability talk about that because there's a lot of cases where somebody may get you know two you know two hands hurt or a hand and a shoulder and that's also paid on how it affects your ability to earn a living but isn't there some additional hurdles a, a worker has to get over to be paid that way if they hurt multiple body parts versus a, a spinal injury
1: and and generally speaking, for example, if you got two hands, a shoulder, a knee, an ankle, um, or a wrist, and you got two in one accident, you're going to get a percentage by the doctor for each body part. But based on your, those percentages and your permit restrictions, uh, you can be treated like a neck or back if you can show you got over a 30% disability or more. Uh, if it's under 30%, then that gets basically, you get your, the same percentage that the doctor gave you. If you're over 30%, then you can get that loss of earning based on your disability, uh, more or less the percentage of the job market you've lost because of the combination of the injuries greater than individually. Um, but there's certain hopes you got to jump through to get that percentage, and it's, we'll get to it in a minute, which is called the Voc Rehab Council.
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about the hurdles you got to jump through and maybe talk a little bit about getting loss of earning, you know, how how you get loss of earning power benefits and maybe transition a little bit into vocational rehab benefits, which is another benefit that people get, can get in workers' compensation, but at least according to workers' comp reports is a benefit that's not awarded all that much very few people actually get vocational rehab benefits, but they are a benefit that's available. So somebody wants to talk about, you know, the hurdles to get paid on a loss burning earning power basis and a little bit about vocational rehab.
3: Well, I'll jump in. And the, 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 the basic thing that the easiest thing we can tell you is if you have a, an injury to your back or your neck with permanent restrictions, the way the system is set up, you have to take some affirmative steps with the court to get the benefits that you're entitled to. So especially in those situations, you, you just need to call an attorney, whether it's us or somebody else, you, you have to get through uh, the process to get those benefits by, by taking some affirmative steps through an attorney to get those full loss of earning capacity benefits. And then just to kind of back up a little bit, if your injury is to any other body part, like a hand or a foot or an elbow, the Nebraska legislature has assigned a certain number of weeks to just every part of your body down to the little joint of your pinky here and your big toe and your little toe um, and you know various weeks so Rod talked about his shoulders been assigned 225 weeks. That really is just an arbitrary number that the legislature has come up with that they think is fair to cut to compensate you for an injury so, again about you know knowing what those rights and benefits are and uh, and how those equate to payment of permanent benefits uh, it's kind of what we do and so uh, don't be afraid to call and ask us questions about that if they get you if you get a letter saying we're going to pay you x number of weeks uh, we can tell you whether that's uh, appropriate or not based on the on the schedule
0: that the legislature has set sure and oftentimes those the least the voluntary payments are are things that people can take. And oftentimes an attorney can get more benefits for somebody. And one of those benefits, and I do wanna talk briefly about vocational rehab. um, If somebody, whether they hurt, whether it's just one, whether it's just a shoulder injury or a knee injury that gets paid on a percentage basis, or whether it's an injury that affects your ability to earn a living, um, there's also vocational rehab benefits. People can, some people can get retrained through if they have a work injury. How does that process work for somebody who, you know, is can't do the types of jobs as they used to do because of a work injury? How to briefly explain how that how
2: that works out. Well, that's something that the worker also has to initiate. The employer rarely initiates vocational rehabilitation. And you ask uh, for it if you feel that you can't go back to the work you were doing before you got hurt. Uh, and then the state's workers' compensation court has a section that's in charge of oak rehab, and basically uh, the, the information gets reviewed by the workers' comp court, employees, not judges, to begin with, and they decide whether you're entitled to some sort of oak rehab. which can be anything from job placement, helping find a job, all the way up to going to college. Uh, if, if you're a high-wage worker, and we've been able to get several people college degrees because of uh, severe physical injuries. So you know, that's the big picture, and if you're in voc rehab, you get paid at the temporary disability rate all the while you're participating, and the school expense is paid on top of that, the tuition, the books, room and board if you have to move away from home to go to school, that kind of thing. All right,
0: um, and just one other brief things that what people can get sometimes is a benefit in workers comp. Every once in a while, workers can get attorney's fees and even penalties against an employer. It doesn't happen very often, but every once in a while that they get that. What are situations that happen where workers can get penalties against employers or insurance companies and even get attorney's fees sometimes, paid sometimes? When does that happen? I know it's rare, but what are some uh, occasions when it does?
1: Well, the most common is when you're entitled to a temporary benefit or a permanent benefit, and the insurance company has proper notice of that medical record or, or doctor opinion or that percentage of impairment that if they don't pay that within 30 days, they, they can be uh, exposed to waiting time penalties, which are 50% of the benefit that is due. Um, the second reason is Uh, simply if there's a delay in medical care, certain judges are awarding, uh, attorney's fees for delay in medical care, for having not a reasonable basis to delay it or deny it.
0: All right. And and, and attorney's fees and penalties and waiting time penalties are pretty, are, are not, are, are pretty uncommon in the Nebraska workers, in your experience, correct?
1: It's uncommon, but at the same time, it, it's common on certain carriers because they kind of do the same thing all the time. Uh, you know, like a lot of times, uh, it's the same carrier and the same players uh, who's going to uh, not pay because they're, they're either not watching the claim or they're ignoring it, or they just don't care.
0: All right. Uh, anything anybody else wants to talk about with workers' yeah, compensation do.
2: benefits? Right. I, uh one of the common uh misunderstandings that injured workers have is that workers comp is like another like any other lawsuit where you where you can you get your payments come in a chunk of money you know uh all at once and and actually all these benefits that we've talked about are paid by the week that uh, other than an occasional you know the attorney makes these things. the order comes down that you're owed $650 a week for so many weeks beginning on such and such a date that's how the system operates in ordinary fashion there's opportunities to sell cases but I think that's something that is better talked about in another session where that's pretty much all we talked about
0: sure and sometimes money gets paid in chunks too if there's back do you benefit Correct. well you know so. all right anything else Anybody else wants to say about benefits because if not, we're we're hitting our half an hour here and uh, people might be starting to zone out. So anybody, anything else wants, anybody wants to say about benefits?
1: I think it's just important. You got to know what type of benefit that you need. You got to know a little bit about what you want, but also what the law provides, what it doesn't provide. And if you have any questions, don't be afraid to ask questions.
0: Roger, anything
3: else? Yeah, I mean, it costs you literally nothing to give us a call if, if to find out what benefits you're entitled to. If you're getting paid everything you're supposed to be getting paid, then uh, there's no reason for us to charge an attorney's fee to talk to you briefly about that. So there's no risk in doing that.
0: All right. Well, I don't have anything else. I'd like to thank everybody for uh, we kind of have like a day off here that uh, we close our office for COVID. Not for COVID, but for uh, our holiday or Christmas party on the 11th. But because of COVID, we're not having a Christmas party this year. So we just gave everybody the day off. So uh, enjoy our day off today, guys. And uh, nothing, Todd, be careful out there. Be careful out there. All right. You bet. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Happy New Year and
1: all the rest of that good good stuff. Hey, guys.